0: The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by Kingsters for Kingsters, Poly, Queer, Transfolk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. or as he is known around the kink and fetish community. Hi there, catsuit.
1: Hello there, Nookie, and welcome to the show. Today, we are privileged to go across the Atlantic all the way to Central Europe, Bucharest, Romania, to be exact, to hear the story of a woman who has become a true matriarch. For most people that don't know her, Azada Sin is an attractive, elegant woman. But for those with an interest in female domination, she is the matriarch. For the last 17 years, she has been an important part of the local and international BDSM and femdom communities, presenting and promoting her vision of the matriarchal lifestyle through her blog, videos, and social media. The matriarch is Zada Sin on what women and other wonderful humans want.
0: They are the questions that establish the story. Five questions about firsts, bringing back the genesis of the character behind the human. It's the first five and it starts now.
1: First time you realized that the matriarchy or matriarchy, as you call it, is so important to you? Well, John, this is a
2: very complex question, actually, because it's very difficult to pinpoint a moment when I decided my fantasies, my lifestyle, can be wrapped in just one word, and that being matriarchy. So when I found out about fandom and BDSM, I had no idea what I truly liked. And I suppose, as many people would have some fantasies, probably I would be more or less interested in leather or boots or whipping boys or being worshipped, but th- there is nothing very clear. So the more you experience, at least this was my in my case, the more I think about what I truly like, why I like this, what makes me really thick, and. Um, At the beginning, the physical part, the practices played a major role in in my fantasies, in my sexuality. And as I progressed, I understand that actually I am more attracted to the dynamic of the relationship and all the practices are actually just a way of enhancing the relationship, the dynamic between me and my partners. And because I like nowadays to experience this dynamic, not so much in the sexual realm as more into the everyday life, I realized that a better term than femdom, which for me has a very strong connection to the sexuality, to the sexual part of female dominance, would be better described as a female-led relationship and matriarchy. Mostly because in Romanian, female-led relationship, even in English, it's, It's quite difficult to, you know, to pronounce. I wanted just one word to be, I I wanted several things. I wanted just one word instead of uh, almost a sentence. Mm -hmm. I wanted something that will be internationally. So I can say it in different words and still sound well. And also I wanted something that is rather new in BDSM and Femdom. Um, That was connected with two things. The first thing is um, actually the branding. I wanted something that uh, was not used before. And uh, secondly, something that will um, arouse the curiosity of people and they will be curious to find out more about it. So it's a word that lots of people will know, but most of the time is not associated with BDSM, at least uh, years ago before I started this. So um, I think uh, I'm very proud of myself um, creating this um, this new concept, basically. No, not new, I, I did not invent the wheel, but <laughs> anyway, in, in this um, regard, in, in the BDSM, it was something not used as much before.
1: Describe the first time you found that online BDSM community when you were young and the effect it had on you.
2: First time when I discovered the BDSM community was back in 2005. And it's a moment that it was so important to me that I remember specifically, like I have flashbacks from the moment I open a browser and there was an image with, um, it was leather bondage. It was a woman actually in um, leather restraints Um, And there was something about that image that told me right away this is what I was looking for, for years really. Before finding the community, I had the impression my fantasies are quite strange and probably everyone is just like me would find pleasure dominating and um taking advantage I would say Mm. using the vocabulary I had before discovering BDSM of my partners and their love to me so it was um a way of me discovering this community, it was a way of me to normalize my fantasies and my feelings and realizing that my fantasies do have a name, um, BDSM, femdom more specifically. And what was more interesting for me was that there were men very happy to do all the things I wanted to do on them just because the pleasure of it. So I don't have to trick them into kissing my feet or accepting pain or serving me. And when I'm saying trick them is like making them fall in love with me, seducing them and then making them do things for me just because they love me. But there are men who do have complementary fantasies with me. So that was for me a mind blowing thing and um, a blessing in a way because it normalized all my quote strange fantasies that I used to have.
1: Do you remember a first time when you looked in a mirror or saw an image of yourself that said, I am the matriarch. I am the person that I want to be.
2: I believe because my parents were always very encouraging, I always had a high self-esteem. And I remember since I was a child, uh, both my parents, but especially my mom, would always compliment me in in a very unique and nice way. Something like my father would say, oh, she looks so good with that hat. And my mother will say, of course, because she's so beautiful. So not necessarily a compliment towards me directly, but more like a discussion between them. And I feel that being reminded all the time as a child that, I have value, both physically and intellectually, gave me the confidence that I have still in my adult life. Of course, looking into the mirror, sometimes you see things that you like more and sometimes you see things that you like less, but I was very lucky to have near me people who helped me be the best version of myself, inspired me to to be who I am. In the past, I was struggling with um, losing weight. I was obese and uh, I had sometimes very unhealthy lifestyle, smoking too much, eating unhealthy, uh, being sedentary, um, like not doing any exercises, but um, having the luck to meet people who helped me develop the, the person I am today, I was able, at some point in my life, um, also with the help, help of um, outfits, to look into the mirror and genuinely feel that I'm beautiful and powerful and I am the matriarch, as you are saying. For me, it was a journey because although you are confident and you trust who you are and um, what what you stand for. I believe as people, we also need the, um, the input from others. I became the matriarch in the moment, not in the moment I decided I'm the matriarch, but in the moment my boys, my partners, gave me that power. So I believe I'm the matriarch, not only because how I feel, but also how other people will make me feel by offering themselves to me.
1: First time you ever visited the other world kingdom and the effect that it had on you and for our listeners, the Otherworld Kingdom is a place in Eastern Europe that is, from what I understand, quite magical.
2: So back in 2005, I started to be part of the online community here in Romania. And um, at that time I had a regular job, um, not very well paid. And I lived the fantasies that um, OWK stand for, like an absolute um, uh, rule, women over men, um, a state real, uh, really where everything is possible, all fantasies, femdom fantasies, no matter how ridiculous they sounds are possible. I leave those fantasies through stories of people who saw the movies, of people who were visited the place before, and I really wanted to go. Unfortunately, with my regular job, I was not able to visit. But I tried to write them an email anyway. And um, in 2010, I was invited to go to OWK in Czech Republic to do some clips there. So basically I paid my stay with my image. And I remember when I told my family about what I want to do, and my brother was very much, I was serious. You know that if you are going to do these clips, your image will be associated with pornography forever. Let's say, yeah, I don't care. I really want to go there, but just think about it. I thought about it and um, I went. And uh, it was amazing. A bit disappointing at the beginning when I realized there are not so many people as I imagine there will be there. But the whole experience was like, like a door being opened to me. Because before that moment, everything that I did was strictly lifestyle. I met submissive men just for my pleasure. there will be no financial exchange. I would publish pictures on the internet, but just for the vanity of it without looking for any you know <laughs> business clients, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, but uh, visiting the OWK, was the beginning of my um, professional career, basically, in fandom.
1: First time you realized that your image and persona went outside of Romania and around the world.
2: After I filmed the clips in OWK in June 2010, I remember having a discussion with a friend of mine, Mistress Roberta, who visited OWK before, and asked me, okay, and now what? You did these clips. You should expect people would like to meet you. And I said, oh, I don't know. I don't know if this is what I want. I just went there because I wanted to play for free, see? <laughs> and she said, yeah, I have to have a website or something. And um, I started to wonder if I should have a website, but not being very decided. And um, I put up a website and soon after, I started to receive emails from men from Spain, uh, United Kingdom, Germany, willing to meet me. Basically, they saw the clips I filmed at OWK and they wanted a session. And I remember I, I had no idea what to answer to begin with because that was not really my plan. And um, I discussed with um, some of my friends, Mistress Luna, who was probably at the, at the time the most well-known professional dominatrix here in Romania. And she helped me a lot deciding if I want to do something professionally with the, I would say overnight fame, basically, because I was from just a woman with a passion for BDSM, who would just play for fun here in Bucharest to somebody who is on the OWK website listed on the best word mistresses and, you know... (laughs) It happened by chance and overnight, and um, usually I like to have a plan about everything that I do in life. Just in that case, it was like a happy accident.
1: We will talk more about happy accidents and well-planned things when we talk to the matriarch as zada sin when we come back on what women and other wonderful humans want presented by dating kinky we do this show without paid advertisers
0: and provide it to you as a labor of love if you want to help the show as well as contribute to Catsuit's conference fund to get live interviews and teach some amazing classes, you can give at bit.ly slash thanks, Now let's hear from some of Catsuit's friends with some messages for you. Are you
2: curious about kink but don't know where to begin? Or maybe you have a friend who, while they appreciate your interest in BDSM, they don't really understand what it's all about. You should check out Kink for the Curious. It's a fun little activity book with color pages and word finds, lots of silly puns. (laughs) Uh, But lots of solid BDSM and kink information. Written by somebody who's been in the business for almost 30 years. King for the Curious, a BDSM activity book for beginners, written by Princess Natasha Strange, that's me, <laughs> is available on Amazon. Go get it now.
0: Welcome to the Yoni-verse. I'm Scarlett. And I'm Anya. The Flaming Yoni podcast is a celebration of the beautiful and unique expressions of female sexuality. From asexual to megasexual. From lifelong monogamy to relationship anarchy. From deep spiritual bonds of sacred union to spur of the moment flames. It is all infused with Yoni energy. Search for the Flaming Yoni on your favorite podcast platform. You will not leave the same as when you came. Hi, this is Venus, and I have a special message going out to all the single ladies listening right now. What if you could have a committed, loving relationship with a partner who is monogamous to you, but who would love to see you have sexual experiences with others? Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's not. You really can have your cake and eat it too. You can have it all. Learn more at VenusConnections.com. That's venusconnections.com. The Heart of the Dominatrix, Portraits and Interviews of Exceptional Mistresses. This book is about female domination. This book is about dark corners, both physically and psychologically. This book is for you, whether you're a beginner or have decades of experience with BDSM. If you're eager to learn more about power exchange dynamics, or are simply interested in relationships and the aesthetics of this world. This book will change your perspectives. Be warned. Visit heartofthedominatrix.com to order your copy today. We invite you to connect with us on social media so you can follow all the great news about the show. You can find us on Twitter at what Women Want P1 on Instagram at What Women Want Podcast and on FetLife at www podcast. And if you want to follow the host, that's easy as on Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife. He is hi there, catsuit. And now back to what women and other wonderful humans want, presented by Dating
1: Kinky. Welcome back to the program. I'm John, joined by the matriarch, Azada Sin. In the United States, there are so many people who talk about the patriarchy. The fact that men seem to have the power, at least when it comes to the states. I know so many women that blow that reputation out of the water because the women that are true leaders are the ones that don't have to say they are, they just show they are. The matriarchy, as you call it, is a place where women have power, women earn that power, and women are given that power. Is that more possible in a European environment, than it would be over here in the States because of the way people are brought up honoring the women in the family?
2: That is a very interesting question, John. And um, I thought about it a lot during the last years. I visited the United States several times before and one of my living chattels is from United States. However, it's very difficult to discuss about this subject by making a comparison between what's happening here in Europe and especially in Romania, because I live in Romania, uh, with what's happening in United States. So rather than comparing the two experiences, I would prefer to discuss what's the what's happening here
1: mm-hmm.
2: in Romania? So Romania is in Europe. in um, we consider in Central Europe, but um, I suppose, for the rest of the world, we are part of the East Europe. What I think was important in Romanian history, was that after the Second World War until 1989, we had the Communist Party ruling and um, it was a bad period for Romania, but it came with two silver linings. The first of all was that everyone learned how to read and write, so when the Communist Party came to the power, school became mandatory, free, and um, people started to be educated more, men and women, without discrimination. And secondly, because uh, one important thing um, in the platform of Communist Party is equality Um, between individuals, it's also equality between men and women. And uh, women were presented as working on the crane or working um, in a factory. Um, We had songs and uh, dances about how capable women are to do everything. Also, um, at home, women were celebrated for being mothers. And I believe after a certain number of children, maybe four um, women were also like, received a motherhood medal. So uh, it <laughs> a was A lot encouraged. of people would
1: say that any mother deserves a medal.
2: <laughs> I know, but the communist party mm. really wanted to increase the natality. And uh, they did that. They did also something horrible, like um, um, abortions were illegal. But uh, that's a completely different discussion. <laughs> and uh, I think these uh, these two things, education and um, learning since we were born that men and women are equal, which I don't believe, but <laughs> it's part of how we see see the society. Um, So I believe that really helped. So me as a woman, I always felt that I have the power to do anything I want. I do not feel that I am discriminated uh, socially, I mean, because I have to admit, in, in the household, very often women do prefer the men to take decisions, or uh, as a society, I mean. Or, or to be more clear, women would prefer men to take the decisions they, the women, would like, <laughs> if that makes
1: sense.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I believe most women would prefer the men to take the decisions, forgetting that it's more natural for women who are biologically developed to be mothers, to take decisions for others, to uh, make sure that everyone in the family is happy, to organize everything in the family. Because for me, this is matriarchy. It's the natural way of being. The woman would be the head of the family, making sure that everyone is happy, taking decisions. So nobody would would be disadvantaged. And it's not so much about everyone receiving the same, but everyone receiving what he or she Need And I believe for women, this is much more natural than for men who are more goal oriented, while women can have a wider view of the things and can take decisions based on today's reality going much further in future where men are more oriented towards this is the problem I solve it now. Of course, there are exceptions, but I think in general, this is how evolution works.
1: The thing that really speaks to me in your original discussion of the matriarchy in your very first answer was that to me, and I'll go back to the United States because it's what I understand, the patriarchy so much is about holding women down. Whereas the matriarchy, as you pronounce it, and as you celebrate it, is about lifting people up. It's not so much about looking down upon, it is accepting the look up and taking that and making those people the best that they can be, thanks to the power that you are given and the love and kindness, or in some cases, the cruelty that you give them. One's about holding down, the other's about lifting up. Am I close?
2: Wow, John, you said it so wonderfully. And um, I think I'm going to steal that from you. (laughs) citing you, of course, Um, it's really nice what you said, this is my belief, uh, exactly, I believe patriarchy arised where our knowledge, our resources, our society was not as developed as today. In those times, it was important to use physical strength, to impose yourself over others, to take for, from the weak and gain as much for yourself, based in using others for your benefit. And um, I think, although for thousands of years that worked, on the long term, this way of being aggressive towards other nations, towards other people, towards members of your family sometimes, it's, it will not take the society to progress, but maybe to destruction if we will continue this way. Of course, it's not easy to change one way of thinking with another overnight. I do not believe matriarchy is about making a revolution where women will start to be on um, presidents or CEOs or, you know, to take formal power. I don't think this is the answer. I believe that Changes had to be had to start with everyone on a, on a, um with the family with the family basically changing the world upside down. It will never work, I believe. But little changes that will naturally make the society evolve. It's the only way to do it. I do not believe in equality, but I believe in complementarity. I believe men and women are different. I do not believe in a total superiority of a gender over the other, as I believe one gender is better in some things and one gender is better in other things. And because of that, the collaboration stay in talking and negotiating which are the best ways to make the family work um, um, work the best basically and that's why in my opinion the woman should be the one taking the decisions, but not in a in a vacuum, but asking the expertise of the other family members as well. And then, like on a ship, you have a captain who will take the decision based on what he founds from the um, Maybe I should not go in that direction because I don't know in English how you call uh, the, um, the people under the captain of the ship. But anyway, the, there should be somebody. Their crew is
1: what they would call them. the cr-
2: The crew as a whole, but mm-hmm. there should be somebody who is in charge with uh, choosing the direction, like we go this way or... Um, oh, the,
1: the organizational structure.
2: Exactly. So this is how i believe is in a in a family where me as a matriarch will gather all the informations and i will take the decision based on all the informations i have from my other family members
1: you saw me smile so much at the end of that and that is because listeners to this show have heard me talk about the difference between the masculine and feminine mindset when it comes to something as simple as improvisational theater when you make everything up. And the description that I give is that men will receive a scenario or a gift or a suggestion and they will move straight to the solution. It is tunnel vision, straight line. I have to solve the problem, go straight there. Women will get the same suggestion, the same gift, the same situation. And the first thing that they will do is take a 360 degree view of everything that's present and going on and determine where the journey is going to go from there, sometimes having to go a little backward before going forward, or going to the side, but it's determining how the journey will take them to either that solution or one that is better. It's reacting versus responding. And if you think we're so many of the problems in our world come from, reaction versus response, imagine how much more together we could be in the world if people responded to each other instead of reacting. And that's what you're describing in the matriarchy is making sure you take everything in rather than just having the one solution.
2: That's exactly it, John. And of course, I believe each of us will have a feminine and a masculine. You cannot make uh, conclusions just based on that. But I believe in general, women, as you said, because this is how we evolved as a species, will have a tendency to search for the answer in multiple um, ways than just finding a solution right away. And it's normal to be like this because uh, 10,000, (laughs) 12,000 years ago, before the agriculture and everything, women most of the time would stay um, around their household if I can call it this way making sure that the the kids are safe making sure that the environmental uh, it's it's good while men had to go and hunt or look for resources so they had to be to develop um, these qualities which maybe nowadays are not as necessary anymore but through the evolution and natural selection, we ended up
1: being like this. So, <laughs> you have a YouTube channel now called Talking Matriarchy, where you are able to share your thoughts and your conversations on the view from the matriarch's perspective tell me how important that is to be able to share those views with others
2: thank you so much for mentioning this john everything started realizing that everything that i know it's just a very small part of everything I can know, basically, the more you read, the more you realize you don't know much. <laughs> so having lots of friends in the BDSM and Femdom <laughs> community, also male community, I started to discuss with them on different subjects. Uh, and as I explained before, my journey in BDSM started with, very physical fantasies and evolved towards more uh, emotional, uh, subjective uh, fantasies. Um, that evolution happened exactly because I talked with so many people. And I realized at some point being very much attracted by these extreme female supremacy fantasies, I was drawn towards the fantasies but I was not able to explain to myself okay I understand the fantasy of just owning males as objects and sell them sell them as (laughs) you know everything but it doesn't make sense in the real world so I had to think about it is this female supremacy something that I really believe in and I realized no because actually it's it's like you have men consider themselves superior to women it's just as wrong to consider women in general are superior to men in general you cannot <laughs> make uh, a theory on that and um, i have a passion for debate and to you know think of subjects it did not make sense out of the fantasy world of course but as i said my fantasies are not so much in the fantasy world anymore they had to come in the real world so that's why thinking about um this and talking with people made me realize the female supremacy is not the the way to go it's not a way for me because it's just fantasy it's not reality so i wanted with my youtube channel to present to the world that matriarchy is something that everyone if they want can actually leave because there is a very big mistake from submissive men, especially, to think that if you are in a female led relationship, um, then you will live as her slave 24 7. And total power exchange 24 7. It's not about the man being naked, locked in a cage, eating from the ground all the time. It sounds like an amazing fantasy, but on the long term would be very tiring for both the men and especially the woman. (laughs) So with my YouTube channel, I try to present how female-led relationships and matriarchy can work in the real world. I try to inspire people by presenting different stories, different female-led relationships, to choose what works for them. Because there are not two couples which are the same. And the more you know, the more you find out about other people their way of living their rules their sexuality the more you can enrich your own life and make it as happy as it possible
1: as we tape this it airs a couple months after we tape it but as we tape this i am one day away from starting my first formal dynamic. And I'm really excited about it, obviously. But what you just said there has brought something into my mind in the approach to which I am seeing this dynamic. I know that there is not a right or wrong answer to this, but is the gift of power That is given from the female just as important? Or is it the gift of submission from the man that is important to making it work? Or does it go back and forth that sometimes it's the power from the woman that drives it, followed by the submission of the male following the journey that it takes? because right now I'm very excited about being able to give over some of the things that I have held onto so dearly for so long. But I also know it's going to be accepting that gift of what she's giving to me to allow me to do that. And that's part of the excitement is the not knowing. So can you give me a little bit of your, your thoughts on the gift of domination versus the gift of submission?
2: First of all, I think it's amazing. You, you are about to start this former relationship. I can imagine how exciting it is for both of you. And I hope everything will work perfectly for you too. Thank so you. happy for you too. um, about your question, I believe a submissive man at the beginning will appreciate much more the attention he will receive from the dominant. I can only talk from my own personal experience, but I believe because there are so many submissive men and so little dominant women, when I start a new relationship, I am always less excited than I think the submissive is. Maybe after so many years, I take in consideration that, and it happened very often, everything will start with a nice first meeting and, Maybe it will work for a while, but after some time, it may not work. From my experience, it's very rare and difficult to create a long-term, happy, DS relationship. And if you think in the vanilla world, how difficult it is to find someone that you really click with, for the female-led relationship, it's 100 times harder because you do not have only the personality that has, has to align, like to really like the person, to be attracted by the person, but there is also the sexual part of it. And in vanilla world, sex is more or less (laughs) the same, but in the BDSM, you have a buffet of things so vast that it's quite difficult to be on the same, um, to enjoy the same things in the right time and so on. However, I believe that if the submissive is open to to the guidance and he comes with an open mind without expectations, I mean, of course, everyone has expectations, but without the expectations of um, sexual fulfilling fantasies, Like I want her to keep me naked and I want her to make me massage my feet and things like that. Um, I believe there is a very high success rate if the submissive is able to live out his sexual fantasies and just focus on her needs and wants. I believe the gift of submission comes more natural because as I said, if you are attracted by the the woman, you are probably already very honored of her attention. So when you come in front of her, you are already open and ready and excited and horny. So it's easier to offer the gift of submission, but to receive the gift of dominance and I'm not talking about just giving you permission to kneel in front of her but truly ownership where she will love you in her own way just as much as you love her in your way I think that is more pressure only because it has this component of time, it needs time to grow. As a a Dom, I'm not so excited to meet someone the first times. I'm in a way holding myself back a little bit and see if he's really worthy of my feelings. I feel that through my experience, I can give him so much but he needs to trust me fully and give himself to me completely before I can allow myself to really take him. We are seen as, I would say, not a nice word, like sexual objects. Some men, and that's okay, we take this risk by putting our pictures and videos out there that some men would consider us like sex toys dressed in a certain outfit, you know, arouse them and their sexual fantasies and do what their fantasies are. So we are aware of that because we receive emails and comments for our pictures. Oh, I want to do this and that to you. And, oh, mistress, please do (laughs) this and that. And I suppose in time, we have, although we love what we do sexually, it's what arouses us, we started to reject in a way the men who will try to use us for their sexual satisfaction. And we are more inclined towards men such yourself who are willing to give everything, not to get the sexual satisfaction, but for connection. And that is actually the difference. I personally, this is what I'm looking for in a DS dynamic. And maybe, maybe this is something men and women, submissive men and dominant women are looking for, but we are not yet able to recognize that. Or maybe we are a bit afraid to to really say it. Like, all I want is to be accepted for my submissive, desires. And I don't want you to see me like a very (laughs) needy, weird pervert, but just like a very lovingly partner. So (laughs) we should talk about more about love in female-led relationships, I think.
1: (laughs) We will do that when we come back on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, honored to be joined by the matriarch Azada Sen from Romania more when we return. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Recently, we put together a brand new book called Hearts and Collars, reflecting 20 years in a power exchange relationship. It's 350 pages of what we've been living for the past 20 years. Indeed. And it's got chapters like communication, power exchange and spirituality, how to be a leader, high protocol, becoming a follower, rituals, the new porch time victim survivor and thriver power exchange and polyamory submissive versus wife the practical contract guide relationship short shorthand as well as other tools and experiences we've had over the years check it out at eroticawakening.com slash hearts and collars bye dan bye dawn have you ever dreamed of a house that is kink friendly in every room Have you ever wanted a getaway where your every desire is contained within steps? In Cincinnati, Ohio, the Wanton Sinners B&B is now open. Two kink equipped bedrooms, a fully equipped basement dungeon and a living room with cages and restraint points throughout. And you can leave your toy bag at home because every space comes with plenty of toys and restraints. Visit Wanton Sinners on FET and follow the links to the Airbnb and Verbo listings. The Wanton Sinners BB in Cincinnati, where your dreams have a home.
0: This is Alicia Zadig,
2: author of the new book, Yes, Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert. My book, Yes, Mistress,
0: takes you on a provocative, eye-opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join
2: me for a fascinating conversation. Male submission is more common than you think, and more rewarding than you can ever imagine.
1: Yes, Mistress, now available on Kindle, and you can order your copy at yesmistress.com.
0: Hi there. I'm Nookie. My pronouns are she, hers, and I'm the founder of Dating Kinky, a different kind of dating and educational site for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Catch me in my own podcast, Dating Kinky. And now back to John and their
1: guest on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Welcome back to the program. I'm John, joined by the matriarch Azadisin from Romania. The pictures and the content that you make, they have all sorts of different themes to them, but they're all elegant and all have this beauty to them that absolutely shows class in every single way. Have you always had this air of elegance about you? Or did you have to develop that?
2: Over time, my style changed many times. However, I feel like as I grow more mature, I am more and more like my mother. he uh, he died several months ago. He, she used to be uh, a school teacher and the mm-hmm. manager of the school. And since I remember, she was always very elegant. I only saw her wearing trousers um, towards the end of her life when she was working in the garden. Before that, when she was uh, teaching always pantyhose underneath she had beautiful lingerie and um, girdles I think is the -hmm. the name of that Um, two pieces suits dresses and because in Romania It was not so easy, especially before revolution in 1989 to find beautiful clothes. She would go to a seamstress to change the dresses, to attach some uh, lace on the dress. So she will change one dress in five different ways and make it look like new, although it was an old dress. I believe my style nowadays um, after my, I'm 40 right now, but in the last 10 years maybe, I believe my style was heavily influenced by her. And um, especially closer to the end of her life, I started to take some vintage pieces from her. And uh, now that she died, I went through her things. I still have to go (laughs) through lots of them. And I found some beautiful pieces like lace gloves and uh, fur um, collars, things like that, which I like to incorporate in my style. I think fashion is important to show who we are to tell the world, this is who I am. This is how I want you to look at me. And um, because I have this vision of um, a femme fatale matriarch who is there just to enjoy life and uh, use men for her pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) I like... use in my uh, in my personal life as well as in my professional um, appearances a style that will tell people I don't like to wash
1: dishes (laughs) (laughs) the outfits uh, that you select for your content and I'm sure for your sessions as well have power within them Are they like a suit of armor for you or is it an outward? In other words, do you feel like your outfits sometimes protect you or do you feel like the power exudes out of them?
2: Every day I like to dress in the way I feel like and um, most of the time I would wear dresses and pantyhose, like elegant, casual things. However, when I know I have to film, I have to go online to have the uh, the online session with my fans. Basically, something that it's not only about how good I look, but also how how kinky I am. Mm. Then. I must wear something that arouses me sexually. I'm a fetishist and I have several fetishes for materials. The most important is leather. And um, I always, since I remember, I was fascinated by leather. And I remember as I like, my father had a, two leather coats, but one was long. And I remember I liked to touch that and wrap myself in it. So it's a, <laughs> it's a very fetishy thing. The second material that I love is a spandex or nylons, basically everything that is stretchy and shiny is, if possible. I do. I like the aesthetic of latex and rubber, but I don't like the feeling on my body. I wear it just for the aesthetic of it, but I don't. I don't like the feeling of it. I like the feeling of uh, nylon, the the spandex. I like to feel that it's tight on my body and very shiny and slick um it's really it's everything it's not just the aesthetic of it but i like to touch it and uh, for for leather is also the smell and the little noises so these things are for me very important and the third would be lead um first which um also i like i like the the to feel to feel it on my skin to touch it to to pet it uh, so these are the three armors uh, the three things that I will put on not to protect me but to inspire me mm-hmm. so if I feel like oh I really don't want to <laughs> you know <laughs> be in front of the camera high heels and corsets and things like that which are beautiful but not the most comfortable mm-hmm. um I just put on the clothes I look at myself in the mirror and I am I'm aroused by myself (laughs) (laughs) I love um, that yes it's not uh, thinking about it is not an armor but it's like a fighting costume like Mm. now I'm ready to
1: (laughs) allow me to give you a gift then especially since you like your nylon and spandex I, obviously, with a name like Hi there, Catsuit, like my nylon and spandex. I, I enjoy latex, but the spandex is what I love, especially when it's tight as can be. When I wear a beautiful fitting catsuit that's shiny and looks great and feels great, it, to me, is the most beautiful mindfulness exercise that there is because at any time I can consider that it's touching the top of my right shoulder and at the same time holding the back of my left thigh at the same time that it's caressing the crux of my knee at the same time that it's hitting the small of my back. And then suddenly I am considering every place that it's touching and holding and making me feel safe and making me feel loved and making me feel hugged. And that's when I can go to this beautiful place of knowing that I am where I wanna be. Beautiful, beautiful. And when I explain that to people, they're like, okay, now I get it. Because in your stereotypical world, why would a guy like to wear cat suits, or leotards and tights or things that are super tight to the body? And that's because this anxious, sometimes scared person is trying to literally have all their energy come out of them and it keeps it in. And so when I'm able to play with that, they create such sensation amplifiers that when you touch a catsuit or touch the right kind of spandex, it's not like one finger is touching it. It's like four. And it just gives you the most beautiful feeling. And I wanted to give you that gift because I know that you feel that when you wear it as well, but may not have considered it in that way. It's
2: very interesting for me when I like to touch myself when I'm wearing, um, for me, usually it's the uh, pantyhose and the leotard, that's my um, fantasy but it's interesting because my pleasure comes from touch from in my hand rather than in my body Mm -hmm. so maybe is related to you have submissive fantasies you like to be touched Mm -hmm. and contained where my fantasies are of dominance Mm -hmm. I want to touch Mm -hmm. and you know grab so It happens to touch and grab myself. (laughs) This this is how I perceive it for for me, the action of touching myself, where for you, it's the action of being touched,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: which is very interesting. I like that. I'll think more about this.
1: And don't get me started when spandex touches spandex and just slides over each other. (laughs) <laughs> we'll never finish the podcast. <laughs> Azada, this has been amazing. I have so enjoyed speaking with you and hearing your thoughts on uh, the matriarchy and the thing that I am will take away from this is when you talked about the fact that it's not one over the other, it's how we complement each other. That is such a refreshing way to hear it because the old thing about absolute power corrupts absolutely, but if we're able to live in a world where together we can accept the gifts and give the gifts and really be able to celebrate who we are and what we do, That's the kind of world I'd like to live in, and the kind of world I think we want to bring our daughters and sons up in.
2: It was amazing, John, to talk with you. And thank you so much for this opportunity to tell the world what I believe in and hopefully a little bit to inspire.
1: What a powerful woman the matriarch is and her reputation is well-deserved, but as we always do on this show, it's great to see the amazing woman behind the personality. Her thoughts are so needed in a time like this, and we appreciate her taking the time with us.
0: Here's what's coming up on the next edition of What Women and Other Wonderful
1: Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. Prepare for humiliation and other fun kinks when the founder of the Kink Academy joins us. The legendary Princess Kali joins us to discuss education, kink, and the lifetime of bringing knowledge to the community in so many ways. A new edition of the
0: show premieres next Tuesday wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Special thanks to the matriarch Azada Sin for joining us today, and I thank you for joining us as well. I'm John, always known as Hi There, Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time, and I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always.
0: What women and other wonderful humans want connects with you. Join us on Twitter at What Women Want P One, on Instagram at What Women Want Podcast, for our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast.com. And now select shows are available in video format at youtube.com/datingkinky. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by Kingsters for Kingsters, poly, queer, transfolk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free.